Welcome to Never Stop Building, where we discuss all things business, growth, and leveling up to become the most elite version of yourself. We're here to challenge fear and shatter doubt. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Stop Building. I'm your host, Sam Kaufman. As always, super pumped to be here with you today. I owe you all an apology. There was no episode last week. Um, Life got away from me. And I made decisions to prioritize, and that's what I did. But um, this is a super important part of my my ecosystem. You guys are super super important part of my audience, and so uh, I felt I don't know, I felt like I owed you a quick apology. Um, but hey, um, life got away from me for good reasons, and so uh, yeah, it was all worthwhile. So look, today we're going to talk about something that I have seen. A lot recently um, in questions on social media and conversations with my own coaching clients. Um, how do you hold your team accountable? And here's where it stemmed from. So I was having a conversation with a client and I said, and we were talking about their quarterly planning. Um, and hopefully you're all planning your quarters and your businesses or with your sales teams or even with your families. But we were talking about their quarterly planning session And I said, let me ask you a question. Are are you going to assign uh, all these initiatives to other people or or are you guys as the owners about to try to own and accomplish every single one of these on your own? And um, she's cool. I love her. She's a great client. But uh, she was like, man, you know, usually we, we take on a lot of it. We assign some of it. And I finally was able to kind of process something that I had been trying to figure out how to process and articulate, which is one of the reasons why it's it's so well-timed to be on the episode today. But how did I stop having to do all the initiatives versus my team, my super capable, awesome, hardworking team being able to do and accomplish the brunt of the tasks inside of the initiatives? And the answer to that question is I had to become good at holding people accountable. My skill set had to change from being the guy who could do everything. I've been that guy for a long time. I'm I'm I, I'm not like ashamed of that by any means. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, salespeople, managers, um, good parents, like good community servants, like there's a there's a uh Look, I've been in recovery for a long time, right? And I got clean in a 12-step fellowship. And that entire fellowship is based off of volunteer service. And there's a saying in that fellowship that goes, 10% of the people here do 90% of the work. And I've found that to be true also in like church service. 10% of the volunteer staff does 90% of the volunteer work. I've always been a part of that 10%. And I've been proud to be a part of that 10%. But in my business, um, I always like owned... Too much, too much. And I think I think when you're upper level management, I think when you're the business owner, sales manager, operations management, I think you sometimes you you sort of start to get used to your level of performance and your level of work ethic, and you start to undervalue the actual impact you're making on the organization as a whole. And you're it, once you become good at what you're doing, and it becomes more of a habit and more of a ritual and more of second nature, you start to believe that because you're not suffering and clawing, you're probably not doing a great job. 
And so that is just the first like lie that we tell ourselves that needs to be, and it's a high, it's the high performers curse, right? If I don't feel like a high performer and generally we equate suffering um, and stress to high performance. So if I don't feel like a high performer, if I don't feel suffered, if I don't feel under stress, if I don't feel like I'm in chaos, there's no way I'm performing at a high level. And it's complete and total bullshit because the highest level performing athletes are the ones who perform in the calmest state. This is not some theory. This is like true. They are the calmest inside of running the play. There might be some stress and chaos in the strategy. There might be some stress and chaos if the play doesn't work. There might, But inside the play, if you're stressed, if you're under super tension, if you are anxious and you are letting those emotions dictate how you feel about yourself and how you are performing, you are destined to fail. And so being able to be calm and understand the value and impact that you have is very important if you are going to try to attempt what I'm about to tell you, okay? So the first the first thing I want to go over here and holding your team accountable. How do I hold my team accountable? The very first thing that has to happen is you need to be accountable yourself. And I know that's sort of a, a shitty first takeaway key point that's that might seem like about the least tactical thing I could have delivered in that moment, but it's 100% true. I'll start with meeting cadences. Every good company that I have been associated with, um, either owned or worked for or coached, consulted with, it doesn't matter. They all have a very healthy, strong meeting cadence. That means that they meet on a regularly scheduled basis with a strong meeting agenda that is rooted around productivity, efficiency, and accountability. All of these companies have a strong meeting cadence. If you show up to that meeting late regularly, 15 minutes late here, 20 minutes late here, 10 minutes late here, why would anybody else show up on time? Why would anybody else take that meeting seriously? If you cancel the meeting, you've got a weekly month, you're a sales manager and you've got a weekly Monday morning, first thing in the morning sales meeting where you're going to rye your team up. Let's say you got a daily Monday, daily morning meeting. A lot of sales organizations do a daily 30 minute huddle, but you cancel it every, every, every other day. You don't show up with the same energy and attitude every single day. You, you show up emotional. When you're stressed, you want them to be stressed. When you're pissed, you want them to be pissed. When you're happy, you want them to be happy. You're not accountable. I know this is going to sound stupid, but if you're leading a team and you're like, man, I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat healthy, and then you order a bunch of burgers for lunch for the team and eat that and skip the gym and stay late at work, like if you're constantly reinforcing to the, your team that you're not an accountable person, you are swimming an uphill battle constantly trying to hold other people accountable. People are watching what you do. They are not just listening to what you say. Yeah, people will do what you say to a point when they work for you because they are obligated to do so to collect their paycheck. But you should want more than that because you need more than that to have true desirable accountability in a process inside of the company. There is no way to avoid that and accomplish initiatives in an effective efficient and productive manner that is good not just for the business but for all of the individuals at the business as well. So, 
Be accountable is the very first tactical takeaway. That means have a regular meeting cadence, right? That means that the meeting is effective, efficient, productive, and rooted in accountability. It also happens regularly. I cannot tell you how many business owners I hear tell me, oh, well, the job, we had to get the job. Well, how am I supposed to schedule a meeting when I have jobs doing this and this guy? Figure it the fuck out because it works. I have a fucking stack, dozens of books to my right in a bookshelf here that talk about the importance of meeting schedules and cadences and how important bringing the team together in an effective, efficient, and accountability-based manner actually is. I'm not saying spend your whole day meeting. I'm not. And yeah, you can go ahead and say, well, I heard Elon Musk says meetings are a waste of fucking... You don't own fucking Tesla. Shut the fuck up. Stop relating what you do in your business to what these people who are complete and total anomalies with complete and total anomaly businesses do. It is the stupidest, most incomparable comparison that people fucking make from their businesses to, well, Elon Musk said this. Well, Jeff Bezos said, congratulations to both of them. You're not them. You don't own Amazon. You don't own Tesla. You don't own Starlink. You don't own fucking Meta. You own your small business or you run your small business-based sales team or your medium-sized sales organization. Get your shit together. Regularly scheduled meetings with a strong cadence and a strong agenda work. They work. The only times they don't work is when the leader is not leading and flowing that properly. Be accountable. Be accountable. Now, remember, in the very beginning of the episode, I shared with you that what changed everything for me from having to do everything to being able to lead the people who do so many amazing things was being able to hold people accountable. That's a skill set, a skill set that has been developed over, over a decade of, of failures and misses and wins and hits, but a skill set nonetheless, that as the people that you are hiring and bringing into the organization are evolving, you have to evolve inside of this skill set as well. In order to involve, evolve inside of this skill set as well, I firmly believe, and my experience is that being accountable yourself is the first necessary step to really, really having rocket-like results inside of your accountability structure in your organization or with your team. The second point, break down goals and make them more granular. You can call them goals, you can call them initiatives, you can call them targets, you can call them rocks like EOS. It truly does not fucking matter one bit at all what you title it as long as it is clear at, as to what it is. Something that you have not done yet that you and your team intend on accomplishing together. That's it. We call them rocks at my company. We call them rocks because a couple of years ago we adopted... EOS. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's the Entrepreneurial Operating System, the book Traction written by Gino Wickman. And then there's a whole series of books inside of the series, but I read Traction multiple times. I read it for the first time four or five years ago um, and have been implementing a version of that that works inside of our organization very well. But in that book, they talk about rocks. Breakdown granular. What does that mean? That means you're going to break them down into yearly, quarterly, and monthly initiatives. 
It's very important for people to be able to see both the long-term and the short-term goal. Now, yearly might not sound very long-term to you, but it is long-term, whether you want to believe it or not, because there is absolutely zero actual reasonable data to say that you can see three years out in your company or 10 years out in your company. And I very much appreciate the benefit of a VTO, for instance, which has a 10-year vision target, a three-year vision target, a one-year vision target. I appreciate and and I respect five-year plans. And I do understand the importance. Being a visionary myself, I understand the importance of having a clear vision to relay for your organization to have something to have buy-in to work. I get all that. But if we're getting real, if we're talking about evidence and data, if we're talking about how to actually structure and run something, the one year, the quarterly, and the monthly are by far the most important three metrics that you can both track and also set goals for. And you start with the year. You start by setting the year goals, and you don't have to wait until December to set goals for next year. When we meet quarterly, we review the 12-month plan, meaning we review what we intend on doing from our 12-month plan set for 2023, but we also what we intend to happen from this month to this month next year. The 12-month plan, it's very important because you're going to reverse engineer these goals to make it super duper clear for everybody on your team and for you because I hate you're probably the mo- one of the most distracted people on your team. You probably have great ideas and give great speeches and give all the good stuff, but don't know how to actually break this stuff down to make sure that it happens. And if you give all these speeches and set all these goals and set all these initiatives, but you don't lead your team to drink the water, they're not going to trust you. You can give really, really, really great speeches and lead them to none of the results. Your job is to start leading to the results, and this is how you start doing that. So set your yearly targets. We'll use a sales target as as an example. Say you want to do a million dollars in sales for 2024. Great. Quarterly breakdown, to keep it simple, would be $250,000 per quarter in sales necessary to hit that goal. But Sam, I'm a seasonal business. Great. Break down your quarterly goals by seasonality. You're a summer-based sales business. You're a winter-based sales business. Cool. So you're going to do $400,000 in Q2 and $400,000 in Q3 and then $100,000 in Q4 and $100,000 in Q1. Oh, man, but with that model, I feel like I'm going to run out of money in the middle of the winter. Oh, interesting. So now we have a new yearly initiative, a savings initiative. Because now that we're reverse engineering, now we can see the problems that are going to show up and what each individual team member inside of each individual role needs to do to help us avoid, fix, solve, manage those problems before and as they come strategizing the solution to the problem doesn't make the problem go away. It makes you prepared to handle the problem when it shows up, right? Cool. So you're you're, going to do all your sales in the summer quarters, Q2, Q3, 800,000 in sales. Out of that 800,000, you're going to, it really depends on what your run rate is in your business, but say you need to save 200,000 of those dollars and then you do, but you put that on, do, do you see what I'm doing here? And now you can break it down into monthly goals. 
And monthly goals are how you can hold your individual team members inside of your organization even deeper than your leadership team accountable. So let's say I'm running an organization and I meet with accounting and ops and sales and the operation or the sales director understands what the quarterly goal. So for Q2, we've got a $400,000 goal, meaning we're averaging $130,000-ish a month in sales, right? 133333 or whatever it is. Well, his job is to go to the sales representatives now and make sure that we're closing 133333 for that month the first month of Q2, the second month of Q2. Now, yes, these will be averages, but it's very important for that sales manager, that sales director to understand he needs to now give his sales reps initiatives based on the initiative. This is how much I need you to close next week and the week after and the week after to hit. And all of this then comes full circle. But if you don't understand the bigger picture, the longer term, the year, you can't reasonably reverse engineer the quarter. But as you do that, you can start to, again, prepare for the problems that will inevitably show up instead of reacting to them and acting like you didn't see it coming. And maybe you didn't see it coming, but maybe it's because you're not preparing. You're not breaking down the initiatives for your business in a way that make any sense for anybody. You just have lofty dreams. Lofty dreams with zero goals, zero breakdown, zero accountability is going to continue to be nothing but a dream. The third and final point, and this one is real tactical, and this one this one really changed everything for my organization. Um, assign and track individual next steps for everything. So inside of the EOS system, When you run your, there's something called your level 10 team. That's your leadership team. That's your, um, right? That's your stakeholders, your department heads. That is a 90 minute meeting once a week where you are to work on the business. Everybody in the meeting works in the business. The other, you know, 38 and a half hours a week or 48 and a half hours or however many hours people are working, but. This 90 minutes is to, is supposed to be working on key issues on the business with solutions and accountability as the focus of the meeting. Inside of the system, what you are instructed to do in a portion of this meeting is called the rock review. The rock review is where you go over your quarterly initiatives and you're supposed to ask a question. And that question is, is anybody off track And then the people in the room are supposed to be hyper self-aware enough to say, yes, I am off track or no, I'm not off track. And what was happening year after year, quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter, was people had no idea if they were off track or not. They just had this big 90-day initiative, rock, and it was their responsibility to figure out how to get it done. This really wasn't working. And so what we switched over to was assigning individual next steps per rock to each person. Now, we don't assign it as in I tell you what the next step is. What we started doing was tracking only the next decision. So you have the rock, right? You have the the big rock for the quarter. Cool. What is the next actionable step 
to start that process. Oh, it's this. It's send an email to Susie requesting documents from these five jobs. Great. They write that down. We use Asana to track this and manage it, but they write that into a subtask in Asana. And then they track it with a date, a due date that they have to send the email and an owner assigned to the task. We started going into each rock every single week and going through each open subtask saying, has this been completed? If yes, what is the next step? Document it. Has this been completed? If no, why not? And how can we help? Oh, well, I haven't been able to do this yet because Susie didn't get me an email yet. Great. This is what I need you to do then. Send Susie an email and CC me on the email and title the subject in brackets, urgent, please read. That's your next step. Send an urgent email and a followed up with a phone call to get this information. Do that today. When we started focusing on only the next step, our meeting became so much more efficient. A 90-minute meeting on average now finishes in about 50 minutes. Rocks and initiatives are getting done. I would honestly, I would have to say 10 times faster. I mean, that's a totally arbitrary made up number, but how it feels intuitively for me is about 10 times faster. And clarity has increased tenfold on what to do and how to do it. And we're also now being able to see the individual roadblocks inside of completions of initiatives. And now we can decide to abort them or shift them to another quarter much faster Instead of getting to the end of the quarter and somebody feeling like a failure because they have not been able to complete this massive rock that honestly was probably a mistake rock to because because if you think that you're going to set all these initiatives and every single one that you agree on as a team or that you set to your team because there's nothing wrong with setting initiatives for your team members if you think none of them are going to be wrong misplaced misjudged you're insane you're going to be wrong now we can see where we're wrong so much faster because we're tracking the actual next step. Accountability is a process. Accountability is a system inside of an organization. It's not winging it. It's not an SOP that is just followed perfectly. Like accountability is a system. Uh, and, and I'll add this, and this wasn't part of the notes for today or the points I wanted to make about holding your team accountable, but like performance improvement plans, for instance, are part of our accountability structure. When you do something outside of process or core vet, like you are given a verbal warning. The second time, it is a formal write-up. The third time, it is a formal write-up. Here's the key. Inside the formal write-up, you are told what the potential action step the next time it happens could be. So if you're getting written up a second time, inside of the document that you sign says, your job is at risk if this happens again. You could be terminated if this happens one more time. This is utilizing accountability and a policy procedure of accountability to hold people accountable. And it works. But for so long, I just sort of waited, waited for more accountable people. But they didn't show up until I was willing and ready and able to hold people more accountable. People want and need to be led. It's important. So the three points for today, tactical takeaways for holding your teams accountable. And I will share this with you. 
And I am not meaning to be all doom and gloom with people, but things are shifting and changing. And I will continue talking about that until more fucking people listen to me. But things are shifting and changing. I've talked about adjusting sales procedures. I've talked about buying cycles. I've, I've, I, now I'm talking to you about people management and leadership. And what worked a year and a half ago that you could wing it and figure it out later is not going to work anymore. If you are not holding people radically accountable, and you are allowing people to be C members of your team instead of A plus members of your team, you are doing your entire team, yourself, and your company a major, major disservice. The three tactical takeaways from today are number one, be accountable yourself. Stop letting yourself down in front of everybody that knows you. Because people fucking notice. They might not say anything, which means they don't love you nearly as much as, as you may think they do, but they notice. Number two, break down goals into yearly, quarterly, and monthly initiatives and make them very clear and metric-focused so they are measurable and manageable. Number three, assign and track next steps as your primary metric tracking on a week-to-week meeting cadence basis. I hope this helps you guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time.